Sweet Holy Ghost, have your way today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn it with me to the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 4. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. The riches of His grace is available to us. Thank you for being in His presence this morning. I have a lot to be in prayer about. I, I hope and trust those of you who have been endeavoring uh, on the fast that you're you're hanging in there. I will admit to you uh, that six to six has been a little more difficult than I originally thought it was going to be. Uh, any witnesses in the house? Mm-hmm. It's not a cardinal sin if you eat a cracker. I haven't, but it's not. Just just keep doing the sacrifice, and you know we got we got to next Sunday. So keep it up. How many just give up? Anybody just going to be honest with you say, I done quit? You can start back and give us seven days. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be a sacrifice if it didn't hurt a little, would it? Uh, <coughs> yeah, I thought I'd be doing a little better than what I am. You say to yourself, well, I only eat once a day, but then you realize it's all day. So, <laughs> whoo. A little here, a little there, you know what I'm saying? Not just, I don't sit at the table, but once a day, but wow. It's been a little more challenging than I thought. So hang in there. Keep praying. We'll see what the Lord's going to do. And uh, Lord, have his way, and we'll see his glory transpire in our hearts and lives. Got some things I'd like to see God do by the end of this fast and our time of prayer. Amen. Uh, don't forget to add prayer to your day. And then we talked about that continual prayer, uh, getting your mind set on the Lord, getting the word set on your mind. Amen. And uh, let's see God do some great things. If you, if this announcement's kind of foreign to you, don't know what I'm talking about, well, we began a fast uh, Friday uh, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, during the day. Uh, no restrictions in the evening. Uh, just get yourself ready for the next day. And uh, we'll just see what the Lord uh, will do for us and see his glory revealed. The Psalms, the fourth chapter, verse 1. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? But now that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself, the Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe. Sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed. And be still. Then we have that phrase again, Selah, which is a pause, a rest. 
Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift up thou the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wheat increase, their wine increase. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me to dwell in safety. Uh, with the help of the Lord for the next little bit, I want to speak on the thought, the subject, when stress is your press, when stress is your press, now I'm going to need the Lord's help, and you're probably going to need his help to endure, so you pray for me, and I'll pray for you, and when we leave here, we're going to believe for God's grace and glory, Father, I love you, and I thank you for your goodness and your mercy, I ask God this very moment, Right now, Lord, as we stand in your presence, we have lifted our hearts, we have lifted our hands, we have lifted our voices, we have worshipped you in spirit and in truth, in pure recognition that you alone are worthy. You alone are worthy to receive those praises. You alone are only worthy to receive the fruit of our lips to glorify one. You are that one. So I ask now, God, for your help, for your grace in this hour, that anointing that makes it easy to preach, that unction that you've put in my heart, I pray, Lord, you stir it now. And, Lord, we'll be quick to praise you. So we that have ears to hear will hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In Christ's name, and the church said, ask your neighbor, are you stressed? There are those things in all of our lives that uh, we have no control over. There are things that we have in our lives that we do have control over and refuse to take control. Statistics, statistics for 2023 uh, from the Health Foundation, Mental Health Foundation, Said it in 2023, 74% of all Americans suffered from stress that was either overwhelming or debilitating. 74%. Stress has a lot of effect on our bodies. Stress has a lot of effect on our mind. It has a lot of effect on our daily functioning. How stress comes into our life. There are many different types of stress, just a few to name a few. There's acute stress. That's what some people identify as stress. It makes itself felt through tension, headaches, emotional upset, gastrointestinal disturbances, feelings of agitation, pressure. There's episodic acute stress, which is more serious. It can lead to migraines, hypertension, stroke, heart attack, anxiety, make its way toward depression, and tear up the digestive system in a great degree. There's chronic stress, which is the most serious of all. It's the stress that never ends. It's the grind, and it grinds us down. It, it comes on you until 
your resistance is gone. Serious symptomatic illnesses such as diabetes and other factors come on our body because of this type of stress. There's traumatic stress, the result of a massive acute stress, the effects of which can last for years on our life. You know it more commonly as PTSD. The types of stresses that you experience will differ from time to time and differ from person to person. But we all experience some kind of stress in our life. Experts have come up with a number of suggestions for dealing with stress. One, identify your triggers and try to avoid them. For some of you, you I mean... You identified your stressors and you try to avoid them. I mean, that person you're sitting next to may be, may be a week or two before you talk to them. I know I cause a lot of stress around me. It's kind of hard to avoid me. Especially when I know if you're stressed at me, I'm going to show up just to trigger you. They suggest a massage. Well, one thing, I'm not going to bear down and let somebody else rub on my body. You talking about stress? That's just going to add to my level. It's not going to relieve anything. It's not going to help me at all. And for those of you that feel comfortable enough to go do that, God bless you. I figure I'm a pretty strong person, but I am not that strong. Practice breathing exercises. Inhale and exhale. That reminds me too much of three encounters at the baby ward. <laughs> breathe in, breathe out. And that works for about five minutes till the pain is so immense. You no longer coach, it's get over out of the way. So your stress relief and exercises, that's the way it works with life sometimes as well. You can inhale and exhale all you want and it still don't go away. I, I understand their suggestions. Aerobic exercises. That's not going to help me. Some of the situations they would require my body to get in, it won't get there anymore. That's not going to relieve my stress. For those of you who can still bend limberly, God bless you as you do that before you go get somebody to rub the knots out of your back. It's not going to help me. Develop a support network through friends, family, and coworkers. If you knew some of my friends, that's not a de-stressor for me either. That's an increase. Matter of fact, those are my triggers. Some people I surround myself with infuriate me about as much as they cause me joy. So what are you saying, Pastor? I live in stress. Stress is just another day. Just like many of you. 
You think going to work would help relieve stress until you get there and then your trigger shows up. They're not out that day. Right? We think other things that are to bring pleasure in life many times cause more stress. Whenever you get ready to be de-stressed, it tears up, breaks down, falls apart. And you're stressed trying to get your de-stressor repaired so that you can take a little break. The world offers us a lot of different things, and some, sometimes it does help. Sometimes some of these things will relieve some of the tension that we're going through and having to deal with. While all of those may be useful suggestions for a believer, for a child of God, for blood-bought, born-again, Jesus follower, I think we have more to be offered to us than just simply methods of coping with stress, I think there are some things that can deliver us from our stress. I think the Word of God has a prescription for us that will enable us to do more than just cope. I think that the Word of God is able to acquire in our life through faith, belief, and practice that you can actually be relieved of your stress. When we think about how it is, I look at this psalm of David here, this fourth chapter. And David offers us a response for stress. Many scholars believe that David wrote Psalm 4 as he was about to retire for the evening. He couldn't do much about the war around him, but he could do something about the war within him. Now, come on now. This ain't going to be our normal shouty deal this is going to get right down to where we're living this morning it's not so much about doing something about the war that is around you because as I stated there's so many things that we cannot do anything about but there's something you can do about the war that's going on inside of you there's some measures that we can take to cause peace to be inside of us in our mind over our heart and over our lives and so that we are not tormented by the effects of life and the issues of life. Instead of lying down in bed fretting and stooping and worrying, David is showing us that he committed himself and his situation to the Lord. Can I tell you, if you do that before you lay down, honestly, there is a sleep and a rest that will come upon you. But, you know, counting sheep isn't um, very beneficial as it used to be, seems like. I saw a little meme the other day, a little cartoon, a boy laying in the bed counting the sheep, and they're jumping over the fence. And a little sister comes in the room and said, Mama says it's better instead of counting the sheep, just talk to the shepherd. <laughs> we, we spin our wheels counting the sheep when the whole time we should be talking to the shepherd. Because when you talk to the shepherd, he can offer some peace for you, amen. Matter of fact, you are one of the sheep in the fold, I hope and believe this morning, that his sheep know his voice. And, and I hear him when he calls. I hear him when he speaks. And David, who is a shepherd, understands where he should go with his stressors. And it's through this psalm I think we can glean some insight as to how that we can be about and have peace of mind during stressful moments. How we can not only just cope with our stress, but we can find a peace for it. The first thing that David begins to do is offer up a supplication. What's that, Pastor? He starts to pray. 
You look in verse 1, he says, hear me when I call. <laughs> it's, it's like... Um, it's like you talk to your children sometimes or, or, or when you, they have to say mama about 18 times before you get a response, hello. Uh, before you respond to them, it, you heard the other 17, right? And this is what the psalmist is saying. He's looking up to heaven and said, okay, Lord, I want you to hear me the first time. Hear me when I call. I'm, I'm coming to you in my dilemma. I'm coming to you in my distress. And then he goes further, O God of my righteousness, thou hast enlarged. In other words, when the press was on, he opened up the doorway. When, when, the, when the claustrophobia seemed to set in, he said, you enlarged the place around me. When I felt like I was surrounded, you gave me a little space to breathe. Can I tell you, isn't that the way stress does sometimes? It gets on you so heavy, you can't even breathe. You don't feel like you can take the next breath with ease. And you have to labor just to get a breath because stress is sitting on you. That's what the psalmist is saying. Lord God of my righteousness, hear me when I cry. And then he begins to remind him of something that he had done. You have in the past, come on somebody, you have enlarged my place. You, you give me some relief at one time and I want you to hear me as I call. And he goes further, when I was in distress, have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. I know we talked about prayer last week. I know it was a very sobering moment as the Spirit of the Lord was in here with us and, and we're reminding ourselves to persevere through prayer, to keep pushing on and keep going on. And I know that the stress has mounted even more from last week because the last thing the enemy wants you to know is that there is relief for your dilemma. But I'm here to proclaim to you again this morning, when press is your stress and stress is your press, there is a place you can go there's a resource for your life. And the resource for your life is the psalmist instruct, Hear me, O God, when I call. You are the God of my righteousness. And you have heard me in my distress. You enlarge the place where I have been. And you have shown me mercy. Is there anybody in here encountered the mercy of God? Did he ever show up when, the, when you felt like you were in the vice of life? And he opened up and enlarged when the walls are coming in on you. And you cried out. Out. It wasn't David's first rodeo. This is his not first time calling out to God. He's called out to him before, and he's reminding himself as much as he's reminding God that I know that you answered me when I called, and I expect nothing less than you to answer me again. When I go to him in prayer, I expect nothing less than him to hear me and to answer, and his will be fulfilled in my life. Hear me. Paul would tell the church at Philippi, be careful for nothing, but in everything. Right? In everything. You, 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 you go through prayer. You offer up supplication, and you be thankful while you're doing it. Prayer is still the best place to start in response to any problem in our lives that we may face. 
prayer is still the best place to go to find a remedy. I'm telling you, prayer is more than just talking to God. It's revealing to God our heart. Amen. And we pray until we touch heaven, and we pray till heaven touches us, and we keep on praying till we can touch someone else because heaven has inspired our everyday living. Prayer, it's not just, it's not just something that we end up at. It should be something that we begin at because when we learn through life that there are things we cannot control and the more you realize you can't control them the sooner you take your hands off of them and when issues arise you say I'm not not messing with that oh God hear me when I pray hear me God you are the God of my righteousness I know my position there would be nothing of me any good without you and I realize that and that's why I'm coming because in the past you have helped me when I prayed my Lord, has he helped anybody before? Has he helped you in the past in your prayer? Well, you can trust him to help you one more time. It's the best place to start. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. You can't expect to receive it if you're not seeking it. You, you, you can't expect to have it if you're not asking for it. You can't expect to walk in it unless you're pursuing it. If you're not knocking, if you're not asking, if you're not seeking, then don't blame God for you not having it. <laughs> he wants to see the desire of his children. You know, David was the apple of his eye. Come on, somebody. David was the man after God's own heart, and he still required David to seek him, to ask him, and to pursue him. Can I tell you, we're nobody special today. I'm nowhere near a thread on the robe of King David, and I still have to put myself in the same position that he put himself in. I still have to seek. I still have to ask, and I still have to knock. If I'm not seeking, asking, or knocking, then why can I complain about not receiving? Because it is those who hunger and thirst after righteousness that they shall be filled. You can't blame God for not answering a prayer if you're not praying a prayer. We can't blame God for not showing up and the Holy Ghost not moving in our services unless we're doing what it is required of us to receive of him. He dwells within the praises of his people. My God, if we want more of him, then we need to praise him a little louder. Jesus declared it of himself. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. If we want more him, we must lift him up and exalt him in greater levels. We have to learn to praise him. David is praising God. Know this, that our Heavenly Father's desire is to provide for us the relief that we so desperately need. Matter of fact, he desires for you and I to be at peace probably more than we seek him for. But he awaits us. He awaits us to seek him out. He awaits upon us to ask him. He awaits on us to knock. I want it. The woman with the unjust judge last week showing up every day 
every day, every day. And that, and that evil judge, that human being, uh, the, the, the fallacy of who he was, come to the realization, if I don't grant her her request, she's going to wear me out. Well, our Heavenly Father, the righteous judge in heaven, uh, it, don't worry about wearing him out. You can't wear him out. You can't go to him enough. You can't ask him too much. You can't seek him too dearly and too desperately. You can't overwhelm him with your desire. My God, we can't overwhelm him with our need. 74% of Americans in this past year experienced overwhelming levels of stress or debilitating stress, causing them to be unable to perform their daily task. 74%. It affected their daily motivation. But you can't, you can't not go to God enough. You, you, you just keep on going because we're not dealing with an unjust judge. You're serving a righteous and holy and pure God who is full of love for you and has nothing but good for you, uh, who realizes uh, the world and the condition that we are in. Don't ever stop and not think that God doesn't realize the course of life and the way that sin has taken humanity. He knows it all too well. For he sent his son that we might be relieved from the burden of that sin. And then by virtue of being uh, delivered from that burden of sin, uh, we still deal with the effects of it in this world. But thank God uh, he is able to enlarge our tents and move us out and bring relief. Hallelujah. Don't ever stop thinking that God doesn't care. I know David felt like that from time to time in his walk. Oh, my soul, why art thou cast down? Don't you think the enemy sat on his shoulder too? Don't you think King David was stressed? They think possibly that this encounter, this nightly reflection, this nightly prayer came at the time of Absalom's uprising. If not Absalom, one of the others. One of the many uprisings that he had in his life. Can I tell you, you're going to have many uprisings of the enemy in your life. What are you saying? Stressors are going to make their way to you on a regular basis. But for you and I, we join with Isaiah, the old eagle-eyed prophet. And we let the rope down on the bucket into the well, which is the joy of our salvation. And we let it be brought up full of his joy because we know in whom we believe. Just like David declared, you are the God of my righteousness. And when you make that declaration to him, he understands your plea and he knows it's you know in whom you are approaching. So many people approach God so flippantly I think he waits for respect. It's just like entering into church sometimes. The sanctuary has lost its air of holiness. <laughs> hey. And so we just come our own casual selves right on in. We plop down like we're at McDonald's. My God, I'm trying not to go here, but here we go. I need to remind some of you in here, this is a holy area. 
This is a holy, consecrated space that is designated to the glory and the service of God Almighty. So please help your pastor because I get stressed when I see you just come in so casual, look like we're going to the ball game. Ah, Lord, I just about said it. This is the holy place. This is the sanctuary where we come to meet God. It's not the movie theater. It's not the movie theater. We don't, my God, don't bring your big gulp in and sit down and, and, and think you're just going to sup your way through this sermon. No, honey, no. No, 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 no. I'm trying to be as nice as I can and not hurt feelings and offend folks and run you off. So I'm not going to do that, but I am going to help you make your way into the church next time and come into the sanctuary. I'm your pastor, so here it comes. I, I'm trying to grease the skid so it don't just drag off the hide. Leave your coffee cups and your big sups outside, please, because we're coming into the sanctuary of the Lord. Young men, you come into this house of the sanctuary of the Lord, take off your ball cap, and please be seated. My God, don't think it's disrespectful. Don't say, well, who do you think you are? Well, I'm going to tell you who I am. I am the shepherd of your soul, and I am the man of God Almighty, and we are here to worship him. And if he recognizes that we come in and acknowledge that he is the God of our righteousness. And this is a place where we come to meet a holy God. That's kind of how I relieve a little of my stress. I just, there was just a, come off of me. Because I've been worried about how I'm going to ask you. And not offend you. I don't know that I've accomplished that. But that's not my intent. It's not my intent. Hear the heart of you, Pastor, this morning. We add stressors into our own lives. And we can't add the stress of flippantly, nonchalantly coming into the presence of a holy God. And this is the sanctuary of the Lord. And I try to guard it as though it is that holy, sacred place. I feel that's my, 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 my priestly duty, if you will. That's the charge that he's given over the household. Amen. That we guard the sanctuary. Know this much. When the high priest, that one time a year, who would go into the holy place, they couldn't put a rope on his ankle in case there was something wrong when he went into the presence of God. Can I remind you, it's the same holy God in whose presence we are endeavoring to enter into. So I think if we muster a little more revere, then a little more of his glory and a little more of his presence may encounter in his sanctuary. My Lord. I'll let you read these notes. That's not in it. So take it from the Lord this morning. He hears us asking. He hears us seeking. He hears us knocking. 
He knows very well, even more at detail, the stress of your, of your lives, the stressors that are coming against you. He knows the depth of the stress and the depression that the enemy is trying to put upon you. And I think he's trying to position us so that we can come in to the God of righteousness and know that the God of righteousness is still able and will apply his anointing and his power to our life. David begins with praise. Oh, God of my righteousness. Praising God for who he is. It's very vital us, for us and to us to take our eyes off of ourselves and realize the goodness and the greatness of our God. And I know... I almost want to say it's not our faults, but it is because we're supposed to know better. I know it's the plight of humanity right now, this, this me ideology. Regardless of any others, it's me. Well, that's not God's idea. It's him. It's him. He's a very jealous God. Well, I just don't know if I can love a God like that. Well, don't and then end up in hell. That's your choice. But he is a very jealous God. Let's stop and take note of what God has done for us. Number one, you're here. Do I need to go down a list? I think that one should substantiate all others. Amen. If you didn't fast this morning, you went through McDonald's or Hardy's, you got your biscuit or whatever, God gave you grace to do so. He blessed you somehow with finances enough to get through there and get it. Even though a bacon, egg, and cheese is rolling around about six bucks. But our desire is greater than ourselves. I truly believe God is trying to do something wonderful in our midst. And I truly believe that God wants us to get over the stress and those things that are pressing our life. But I think he wants us to align to his righteousness even more, even more, even more. Come on. He's wanting us to align ourselves with him, with our asking, with our seeking, and with our desires so that he may prove himself mighty. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, the psalm said in 103. A psalm of David. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. 105, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. 106, praise ye the Lord. Verse 1, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 107, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Psalm 113. Praise you the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. 
The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the the heavens. Who is likened to the Lord our God? Who dwelleth on high? Who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? He raises up the poor out of the dust and he lifts the needy out of the dung hill that he may set him with princes. Oh, even with the princes of his people, he maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. 117, oh, praise you the Lord, all you nations. Praise him, all you people, for his merciful kindness is great toward us. 118 begins with, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good because his mercy endures forever. David began by acknowledging he is who he is because of the greatness of the God in whom he serves. The next time the walls are coming in and folding in on you, and your stress is overwhelming, just stop and remind yourself of how great God is. Can I tell you, the times that I have done that, no matter how tight I was feeling or how much pressure I felt coming on in my life, if I could just make my way to this first step for a stress relief, it's better than breathing. I know it's got to be better than aerobics. Hello? And, and, and somebody else rubbing on my back other than Sister Kathy, it, it's just beyond my mind. So I do know this, that if I can just get in and get my mind fixated on the goodness and the greatness and the holiness and the mightiness of God, then all of a sudden when I begin to praise him for what he has done for the last time he got me out of a bind because of his goodness, I begin to bless the Lord. He's forgiven me of all my iniquities. He's washed my sins away and can I tell you let life bring what it brings because I'm more afraid and more fearful of the one who can destroy my soul and yet also my body but I am so grateful that he isn't trying to destroy me but he's trying to restore me he's trying to restore you and when you fixate your mind on praising him for who he is you will realize stress begins to fade I don't know we got time for the other two. I got time if you got time. What else we got to do? It's Sunday. We can't go to eat lunch. No, some of you probably can. Mm. And that's all right, too. Second thing, David expresses his appreciation to God. saying, you have relieved me in my distress. Notice that David used that past tense, you have. It's been done. So many times when we're stressed out over something, we we have a hard time remembering all the good that God's done, don't we? I mean, it seems like we just focus on the thing that's right there. You've heard the old saying, it's a streaky wheel that gets the grease. Well, the other three are rolling right along just fine. But that ain't the one that we're worried about, right? It's the one that's squeaking. When we stop and think about how good God is and the blessings that God desires to bring into our life, it would pay us well to remember, to take our eyes off ourselves and realize the goodness and the true greatness of God. David is showing that appreciation. David is thankful. Many times when we're stressed over something, we have that hard time recalling. 
all that God has done, but he has done wonderful things. But if we can bring ourselves to the appreciation of those, it will make what we're facing seem smaller than it is being presented by the enemy. Too many times we diminish our own selves in the sight of God. I'm not saying humbling ourselves. We are to humble ourselves. I said diminishing who we are before the God of heaven who knows who you are. We pull off the testimony of those ten unfaithful spies. We're like grasshoppers because they had failed to align what was presenting them with the greatness of the God who sent them. The one who just parted the Red Sea. The one who just destroyed the mightiest military force of that current hour. Pharaoh and his 600 chariots and all the footmen that followed them. God. Hello? God caused the Red Sea to stand at attention and salute his greatness so that it would be the delivering agency to his people. And they marched over on dry land. Hallelujah. I said they marched over on dry land. The word doesn't say they trudged through the mud and the mire of the Red Sea bottom. It said they marched over on dry land. Amen. And it's the same walls that were standing at attention who let their salute down when the people of God walked over and they let their salute down and destroyed that army of Pharaoh. You've heard the skeptics. I've mentioned it to you before. Oh, there's no great miracle at the Red Sea. The water was only so deep there where they crossed. Take your pick of your miracle. You just choose which one. Chariots, horses, and an army drowns in ankle-deep water. Okay, I'll buy that one. Doesn't matter to me which one you want. God is still God. And God still did what God needed to do. But that's not what the Word says. The Bible says that the walls stood up, that the water stood at attention, that the sea parted over, and they walked through. So I'm going to choose that one. But I'll take that other if you just got to stand by it. Prove to me then how they couldn't survive in ankle-deep water. How'd God do it then? Show me the mystery. Trust in him. Appreciate all that he's doing. Thirdly, in just this verse 1, the petitions finally come out. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Never, never approach God like he owes you something. Never, never approach God like he owes you something, but approach him with gratitude and appreciation. When, when we are offered that invitation to therefore come boldly into the throne of God, that you might find help and grace at the hour in which you need it, it doesn't mean just come in there shouting orders. What it means is you don't just have to get on your belly and crawl in his presence. He's allowing us to come into his presence. But when we get in there, it always seems to help me 
when I get in his presence, the faster I can get on my belly. Hello? The faster I can prostrate before him, it lets the gratitude of my heart, because I could have been out of this world many times before now, but because of his grace, hallelujah, because of his, because some of you are sitting in here are testimonies of his grace and goodness, whether it be a car wreck, a cancer, a heart attack, a stroke, or many other things that you have been avoided of because of his good grace, only heaven has it recorded, and we ought to come in with great appreciation. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Sometimes deliverance from our distress is as simple as saying, God, if I brought this trouble on myself, I'm asking you to forgive me. Of course, self is always the last place we end up. <laughs> but I encourage you to let self go first. If self's going to be first in any line, let it be in the line of repentance. Amen. Let it be the line of saying, God, I recognize what I am and what you've saved me from. And if part of my stress and distress I'm going through is because of something I have done, forgive me and help me get out of this mess. Help me get this stress. I'm trying to hurry off my life. Truly, God, he has in store for us great gifts. If we're willing to ask and to seek him for them. And as we follow David's example, when we're coping with the stress of life, supplication is our first response. Second is learn to be still. Verse 4, stand in awe, tremble, shake before him, sin not, commune, or to meditate with your heart, with your own heart upon your bed. Be still, be silent, tarry and wait for God. It's probably the simplest command that God has ever given us yet probably the most difficult for us to keep is to be still and to know that he is God some of you couldn't be still I mean it's just not your nature right you're at home you can't even sit down you're pacing the floor just just not your nature got to find something to do be about be about be about something got to be occupied right and when God says be still that wears us out be still. How many times have you told your children growing up, I said stand still. This morning, yep. Is that you, Emmett? Give me that amen, baby. <laughs> yep, he's heard it. <laughs> Probably about a dozen times this morning. But it's the hardest one for us to apply to our life. I know it is for me. I know it is for me to stand still. Can you imagine the stress of the moment standing at that Red Sea? An army coming. Nowhere to go. No escape. Visible. And then God says, stand still and see my salvation. Oh, Lord, because if you're going to stand still, the next command is stand still and hush your mouth. Those two followed in sequence with my mother. Stand still and don't open your mouth again. It's what I'd get. <laughs> because it was constantly open. I have that problem. I've confessed that. Don't say another word. 
stand still to see the salvation of the Lord. That's hard for you and I, but if you want your stressor gone, learn to be still. Psalm 27, 14, you stand with me, and I'll run through these other two pages. I'm telling you, we just got the introduction. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on him. 37 and 7, the psalmist says, rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Fret, hear this. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. I'm telling somebody this morning, don't respond to them. Hold your peace. I know it's difficult. Don't respond. Watch God. I heard that one too. Watch God. Don't fret yourself over evildoers. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And you are his. He's not going to let the devil just treat you like a welcome mat. Well, I sure feel like it. Well, he's got you. If he's saying stand still, he's about to take care of it. When stress is your press, the old olive press is an odd-looking machine, big stone wheel and a mushroom-looking stone with a hole inside of it and roll that big millstone around and around and it crushes that olive. it squeezes the pulp and the oil from the husk. You may be on the press. You may feel like an olive. You know the harvesting process is not even comfortable for an olive. They knock them out of the trees with long sticks. Just beat the daylights out of the limbs. I'm thinking, well, aren't you afraid you're going to knock some of your limbs off? No, they're wailing on them. Tarps under the bottom. Sounds like rain falling with four or five guys just beating the daylights out of an olive tree. Come on. And then get knocked down just to get ran over. Feels that way sometimes in life, doesn't it? But I'm telling you what comes out. Go to the store and you see, a lot of times we, back in the day when I was growing up, we didn't have this smelly oil. We had extra virgin olive oil. And I thought, well, what's the difference? I think now it just means it got ran over a few more times. few extra laps not enough that you got every ounce out of it you got to make sure you got the ounce that's out of the ounce that's the way it feels like we are with the enemy with stress you feel like you're that extra virgin olive oil it's just and you ain't out yet and it's just still running you over over and over and over well hold on child of God because God's hearing your prayer. He's hearing it. 
Because, see, then you become the sacrifice. I got to get here. I, I can't leave us without this a little. Praise, stillness, sacrifice. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord, David said. I'm here to remind you this morning you can trust the Lord with your situation. I know what the enemy's saying. I know how he jumps on our shoulder. I know what he whispers in our ear that God doesn't care, first of all. Second, he says, well, if God did care, you wouldn't be in this mess anyway. Well, God does care, and he told me I'd be in that mess. Told me life was going to be hard. Told me it's going to be difficult. Told me I would have tribulations. In this world, Jesus said, you shall have tribulation but he didn't leave me stuck in the idea of tribulation he says you'll come out of the press be of good cheer how are you supposed to be happy about stress how are you supposed to be happy about tribulation I tell you how be of good cheer because I have overcome the world and he didn't just leave us with that. Peace give I unto you, not as the world gives peace, but my peace I give to you. This little illustration. A pilot was having difficulty landing his small engine airplane because of fog. The fog had hidden the runway. So air traffic control decided to bring the plane in by radar. Unless you've been trained, my understanding, unless you've been trained to fly by radar, that's an unnervy thing. I, I don't know, but I, I think I could operate better if I could see the ground. Hello? And not just watch this little thing on the screen. As the pilot received instruction, he suddenly recalled a tall pole in his flight path. He knew where he was going, he just couldn't see it. Stricken with panic and fear, he fervently appealed to the control tower. <laughs> Hold on now. You'll have to remember this and your stenographer's not here. A blunt reply came back from the control tower. You obey instructions. We'll take care of obstructions. <laughs> Can't you just hear God this morning? I can hear him. I, I, I can hear that going out all over this congregation this morning. Because like I said, we've all got stress. It's just a matter of what it's doing to you right now. Well, hear, hear the instructions. Let him worry about the obstructions. I'm sure that's not what that pilot wanted to hear. And I'm sure it's probably not what we want to hear this morning. Because who can't help with the obstruction? We'd like to, wouldn't we? Obey the instructions. Let him take care of the obstructions. Meditate on him in your bed when you lay down. That last verse. I tell you what I want us all to do. I want us all that can make your way to this altar. We're, we're going to close out with prayer as I lead, read this last verse. 
Psalmist said in verse 7, you put gladness in my heart. More than in the time of harvest when the grain's coming in and the wine presses are full. That's when they're happy. They know they're going to live another year because they got food. The harvest was good. He said, I'm happier than harvest time. I will both lay me down. I've been thinking about this verse this morning, last night, this morning. I, I tried to research it and couldn't really find anything, but I kind of thought, I wonder if this isn't the verse that's kind of coupled and tied to our little nursery rhyme bedtime prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, you know what? I wonder if this is the verse. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me to dwell in safety. Now I lay me down. The psalmist said, I've poured my heart out. I've told you my problem. I've let you know I'm grateful for what you have done. And I'm going to present myself as holy as I can in your holy presence. And you're going to vindicate me. You're going to take care of me. God's going to take care of you, people. He's got you. Your stress, even though it's pressing down on you, at whatever level of those that we mentioned, that's only just a few of the different stressors of life, just a few of them. No matter the magnitude or the level or how heavy it feels on you, God's got you. He's got you. So that you can say, I'm happier in harvest time. That don't mean a whole lot to us, but it did to them. I'm happier than corn picking day. That's what Psalmist said. That's what the day we pick corn, I'm happier than. I'm happier than the days that we've had a wonderful grape harvest and the wine presses are overflowing. I'm happier than that because I can lay down, close my eyes, and sleep. He had no control over the war around him. But I think we've just gotten a little instruction on how to deal with the war inside us.